the song with Mandy Moore in it? Yeah. Like, how the fuck did they convince Mandy Moore to do that? Because they were all on Jive Records. Jive Records made this movie. Hi, I'm Justine. <laughs> this is the Cutaways Podcast. Hi, I'm Ashley. <laughs> and this is also the Cutaways Podcast. <laughs> See, we've been, like, itching to talk about this movie that we didn't even introduce. We were just, we are so ready. We're talking about it. <laughs> talking about this stupid ass movie that my husband loved <laughs> we're talking about rom-coms it's 2001 it's the worst <laughs> it's yes. it's 2001's on the line on the line <laughs> if you didn't know this is the the lance bass vehicle <laughs> that happened bass- Mm-hmm. Right as NSYNC was breaking up, but they were all trying to figure out what they were going to do with their lives. You know, no, no, no. This this was, you know, well, kind of just before, but like right after the era of when they were so fucking good. Like this was after like the, pretty much around the time of no strings attached. Bye, bye, bye. Bye, yeah. bye, motherfucking bye. And... It's gonna be me. This is this is the height of them. <laughs> I knew this is my story already. I knew that this movie was in production because I read about it. You know, in my tiger my Tiger Beat magazine when it was still called on the L. It was originally called on the L, and then they changed it to on the line, probably so that they can get that song <laughs> with BB Mac and Mandy Moore. <laughs> probably. I was not a huge NSYNC fan. I was a Backstreet Boys girl. I liked the Backstreet Boys, then went to NSYNC, and boy, did I. I, I loved NSYNC, and Justin was my husband, of course. <laughs> I just always thought that Justin's hair looked like ramen noodles, and I was confused. It, used, it did at some point, but in Bye Bye Bye, it was perfect, perfect curl. Perfect color, perfect curl, perfect bounce, you know. Before that, yeah, there were some issues, you know, like in like in Drive Myself Crazy. <laughs> yeah. It was also good in uh, God Must Have Spent a Little More Time on You, and he's rocking that, that brown turtleneck. <laughs> well, and then he shaved it all off. Yes, yes. And I think you see hints of that when his cameo at the end of this movie. <laughs> Which was slightly offensive, but also totally. slightly great. <laughs> it was offensive, but you can also tell that they do this all the fucking well, the time. time. Yeah. Yeah. And motherfucking Chris Kirkpatrick was the best actor out of all four of them. Actually, well, J.C. Chazé was the best actor because he didn't show up for this movie at all. He knew better. He knew better. <laughs> so props to J.C. for being the best. And then Chris Kirkpatrick for actually having natural acting ability. And then Joey. Joey for just like being Joey and went on to do some more acting things. He's so um, much fun. Like Yes. That's, that's why you hire Joey. Yeah, he's, the he's fun just one. fun. Justin is somewhat serious. Mm-hmm. But Lance is the serious one. But like acting wise. Lance is also the shy one, which is why they like typecasted him in this. This was terrible. Oh my god, <laughs> he was so terrible. He was bad. But you know what? You know what? I've seen Lance on set recently, uh, this year, and so I was watching a behind the scenes, uh, one of the behind the scenes interview things in this movie on the DVD, which we can talk about that in a moment. <laughs> there were uh, so many. I didn't watch like. Well, now you own it. I can watch it forever. 
<laughs> um, he's talking about how hard it was the transition to going from stage being a performer, you know, the kind of thing having big performance being in sync to being on a camera for film and you know they pick up everything and you kind of always have to be on at all times but you know what's so funny was when I saw Lance on set earlier this year I thought he was on all the time even when like we weren't rolling and he was a joy he was lovely he was a beautiful human being who was just always game for anything and was just always kind of shimmying and dancing like when uh, when we cut to commercial he would he would keep going it he wouldn't break right away not until like clear is called you, you know how some people are like i'm done talking now that's the end yeah you know? yeah he was like in it to win it all the time so gracious wonderful human being lance bass so lance bass does this sonic commercial where he pretends to be a Sonic uh, employee and then takes food to people and then does a Backstreet Boys dance to these people, and so a Backstreet Boys dance like like he does like a perform he does like a thing. I haven't been able to find it on the internet because I have a bone to pick with this fucking commercial Ooh. because they shot it so they shot it like on a GoPro so like a hidden camera so you like oh look these people they don't know what's going on. And then they bring in, like, the professional camera when he, like, undresses and is like, hey, I'm Lance Bass, and does his thing. And <laughs> so they bring out, like, the fucking Ari Alexa, and they're, like, doing the thing. And then so they cut to the shots that were shot on the Ari Alexa, and it's Rec 709. And oh, it God. pisses me off so much because it looks like shit compared to, like, the GoPro footage. Uh-huh. That's, that's, that's amazing. I'm like, who was the colorist on this, and why did they do nothing? Why? Maybe they wanted it to look drastic, drastically different. But it's different. so flat. It's so bad. It's so flat. There was no LUT applied to it. It's just so gray and flat and got that purpley tin to it that you know Rec. 709 has, and it's just, like, oh. irritating to me. Sam doesn't care about it, but I really <laughs> do. Okay? Okay, so you don't have a problem with Lance in this scenario. You have a problem with post I have I have a problem with Lance just, like, being involved with that. Like I said, he's down to do whatever. That's the type of guy he is. Yeah, poor Lance. Aww. He deserves better than really shitty color-corrected Sonic commercials and this movie. Whatever, he took Daniel Fischl to the prom. Valid. Valid point. <laughs> he gets props for that, but, like, he deserves better. But it was in Chicago. That was the only good part. <laughs> and maybe a little bit of Joey Fatone in the bar. This movie was fucking awful. <laughs> Sam loved it, you guys. <laughs> loved it. The, the loved way you told me that, I'm like, just the more I think about it, I'm like, yeah, this really was made for Sam. Yeah, I could see that. <laughs> I'm just, I, I have pictures of it. Like, I, I rolled over and just would stare because we watched it in the bedroom and so we were on the bed. And um, mm -hmm. he's, like, giggling at sections and, like, really into it. And then he, like, made me rewind it at certain parts so that I could rewatch, like, when these sound effects happen with Joey Fatone's face on the baseball field, which, that was a travesty. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> I was, like, I just, like, constantly was giving him the really face. Like, mm -hmm. and then, and then it slowly morphed into the, oh, honey face. Like, oh, honey, please, please. Ooh. No. Oh my God, Sam. 
What does Sam rate this movie? <laughs> he gave it a four and a half. <gasps> what? I don't even know what I rate it yet. I'm, I have, you know, it's complicated. It It was really bad in a lot of ways, but was it bad? Was it so bad it was good? That's how he feels. Okay. I vehemently disagree. Well, do you want to read the, uh, do you want to hear the description? I would love to hear the description. So, dvd.com says the movie is about this. A young man who's smitten with a girl he met on the subway spends an entire movie trying to reunite with her. Meanwhile, his best friend aids his quest while wallpapering Chicago with signs that become the talk of the town. Okay, how long is an entire movie in life? Like five days. <laughs> that makes no sense. He spends it. Of course he spends an entire movie. It's a movie. Is he going to stop halfway through his hero's journey? I like that they they don't even reference the fact that he has more than one best friend. That it's only <laughs> Joey. <laughs> his one best friend. His no, one? his best friend was not even Joey. It his wasn't. best friend was GQ. Who's <laughs> Why? I don't know. And that guy was seriously appropriating. <laughs> so was he from New Jersey pretending to be from <laughs> Chicago? I can see that. I vote for yes. Because the entire time he was acting, I was just like, why does he pretend to like, like he's from the Jersey Shore? Why is he like so decked out in Chicago shit? Like no one in Chicago talks like this. Why? Why are you pretending to be part of the Italian mob? What is happening? He's originally from Chicago, but he went to theater school at the Tisch School of the Arts, NYU. He done fucked up. You done fucked up. And your name is GQ. He done fucked up. <laughs> anyway, the movie stars Lance Bass, Joey Fatone, Emmanuel Chiriqui? Shrieky. Shrieky? I don't know. It's a lot of consonants. It's a lot of words. It's a lot of letters. Yeah, we're going with that. It was directed by Eric Boss. It was edited by Eric A. Sears. There's lots of Eric's. This seems like a movie of Eric's. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and the main and 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 the guy's name is Eric, not Lance, but the guy. The, the guy we were just talking about. Oh, GQ. Yeah. GQ. GQ. <laughs> His name was Eric. Okay. The assistant editor, the additional editor was David L. Mendel. Mm -hmm. The first assistant editor who we previously saw her work in Return to Me was Jennifer Apple. Apple. The other first assistant editor was Eric. <laughs> Eric O. Schusterman. 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 Apologies to all Eric's. Oh, sorry, Eric. It's just amusing at this point. The second assistant editor was Michael Stahlberg. The assistant editor was Lorraine Samuel. The other assistant editor was Katie Hendrick. The apprentice editor, a.k.a. the daughter of the editor, was Megan A. Sears. Yay, nepotism. Did not stay in the industry, though. Oh, well. But hey, she got to work on the NSYNC movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, maybe that's why she didn't stay in the industry. The lip sync editor was Sharon Gersh, who we previously saw her work in She's All That as the music editor. The avid technician was Scott Freeman. Mm. And the first assistant editor from Toronto was Fiona Patterson. The second assistant film editor from Toronto was Lorraine Samuel. 
Lorraine Samuel, she's she's there. Okay. It's just but IMDb she's listed is as a like, second here. Yeah, this is confusing. The trainee assistant editor was Rain Rogers Rod Rodriguez. Rodriguez. Who was also yeah. in Toronto. Yeah, they shot this in Chicago and Toronto. And probably LA. Uh. Yeah, well, it seemed like they the only shots that they could afford in Chicago were out front of the Chicago Theater. Out front of the Wrigley Field. Uh, in Wrigley Field. Yeah, in Where Wrigley Field. They got Sammy Sosa. They got, so oh my God, there's so many cameos in this movie. Yeah. Why did everybody want to be in this movie? Well, like, okay, so if your sole purpose to make a movie is to take a script that you've already had that was written to be an adult film that was rated R... Turn it into a fodder film for InSync, for Jive s- Records, for Jive Records. Turning the the P or the R rating to a PG language movie or PG movie, which they didn't have the money to go back and reshoot some of those scenes. They changed dialogue in ADR, and you could tell. <laughs> they changed ass to butt. <laughs> yeah, and and da- uh, they changed damn it to uh. Darn it. Oh, God. Yeah, there was, I, I like, that would be the only reason I would go back and watch the movie to see how much ADR they had to change to get their yeah. MPAA rating down. They, they shot some of the BT, uh, the behind the scenes footage. You can see Joey on the ADR stage. Though I would want to be there for that. For Joey, I would totally want to be there for that. <laughs> We're totally there for Joey. You know what? Joey is my dad's favorite in sinker. Well, then he and I have things in common. <laughs> Yay, Papa Jindrin. The movie, as we said, was rated PG for language and some crude humor. It's an hour and 26 minutes long. But that includes credits. Uh-huh. So, in reality, this movie was probably an hour five. <laughs> there was a lot happening after. Yeah. Yeah. An hour five I'm going for. It's also rated three stars on DVD.com. Who are these people that like this movie? It's complicated. It's complicated. It's it's not that complicated because it was terrible. <laughs> I don't know how I feel about it. It just, I feel like I had a fever dream and this was, you know, I just dreamt it, you know? You know, like it's not real. I agree. I I felt like probably 15 minutes in I was done. <laughs> yeah i was like when does this uh, start being fun <laughs> because it was like it was quirky and i normally like quirky movies mm-hmm. but this was the type of quirky that didn't know what type of quirky it wanted to be and mm-hmm. it just tried all of the things and then was like Meh, it'll work in post i tried oh even before then i was pissed off at that dvd menu because that is oh. not how the that L's... Is, no, yeah. No. I was, <laughs> that is not an approximation to the L line at all. No. You got, like, O'Hare up here. You got, like, Wrigley over here. I'm like, who, who, who designed... No. No. It's this, easy. It didn't make any sense. Ugh. Ugh. I just, you know, I put pop in the DVD and I'm already like, why? Why you hurt me like this? <laughs> Chicago. Chicago. Okay, so... Movie starts off, we see Chicago, we see Paper Airplane. I was bo- down for that. I thought that was yep. adorable. But it's in the past. Spring 94, they're a band with awful hair. 
and they're hard rock band. And Joey likes to kick things. Yeah. And Lance is the lead singer. And Joey doesn't. Joey is terrible at pretending to play guitar. <laughs> he's the fucking worst at holding a guitar and not looking like he's trying to like, ah, what are notes? What is how? How does this work? Oh, my God. And, okay, this movie had too many friends. Too, too many, many friends and too many timelines. We didn't need this. We didn't need to know that they were in a band. Like, we could just start with advertising crappy Lance Bass. Like, this doesn't set anything up. He's a shy guy that doesn't need a backstory. Why do we have a high school backstory, Justine? So he could be have a shirtless scene. <laughs> but then, but then, like, also, the high school, like, the other, the villain... Who never oh interacts with them. God. <laughs> he was the fucking worst. <laughs> fucking Brady. Oh, God. Who was that guy? How did you... <laughs> he was the worst. He was the worst actor ever. <laughs> he was so terrible. He, he has this grudge for this woman making her own choice to go to prom. That, so now he hates Lance Bass. Like, what? Why, why do you hate Kevin? Also, why is his name Kevin? Kevin! Oh my god. This movie could have been Josie and the Pussycats, but it's not. But Josie and the Pussycats is like one of the greatest movies of all time. Yeah, you can't you can't say bad things about Josie and the Pussycats in front of Justine's presence. No. <laughs> I'm like, well, you're wrong. <laughs> yeah, it, was, it would start off with, you're wrong. <laughs> now, please leave my presence. <laughs> And, like, your hair would turn to fire. Yeah, my Josie cut. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> my sparkly pink guitar. I'm like, I'm sorry, I'm still living vicariously through Josie. Um, <laughs> Please leave. Please leave. Okay. Actually, um, you wouldn't even be that polite at that point. You would just be like, fuck you, leave. Fuck <laughs> you. Anyway, he, he's in this band, and Joey's like... You got on stage. They're fucking on stage. In like, the front of the microphones. In front of the microphones. You got to impress that girl. Like, points to her. Impress that girl you got a crush on by singing the ballad. And he's like, no, man, I can't. You got to do it. Sing the ballad. Don't choke. Stop choking, Kevin. <laughs> That's exactly like how he was acting, too. <laughs> Is that Joey? Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Literally, all Joey's character was was like really shitty high school aggression. <laughs> like you, you want to be aggressive, but you don't also want to get into trouble. So you're like halfway in between. Yeah, they're like Joey, just show up and be goofy. Okay. <laughs> How's my hair? Is it terrible enough? Oh my god! Well, it's like they gave him a wig. And it was longer, and he still <laughs> had the fucking uh, what did what did they call it? The frost, like the, the not the frosted tips, they were highlight, but the, the highlight, but the chunky highlight. Like yeah. what's her face? Oh my god, what's her face? American Idol chunky highlights. Uh, Kelly Clarkson. Kelly Clarkson highlights. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but it was like this really bad wig that you knew was a wig. And then they cut like to the scene of him uh, sitting on the train, and he still has the really bad highlights, but he just spikes his hair now, and it's cut. It's but, like, so bad. 
But that was Joey's hair, if you think about it. They're not changing Joey's hair. They're working with Joey's actual hair because they can't touch his hair. He made the decision to have awful hair, and then they had to put that in the movie and then make an explanation of why his hair is awful, and that is to make him a rock star. <laughs> Which, also, what was the Mick character? Like, what was that about? It was what's his face from, from Bon Jovi. It was Richie Sambor, and they couldn't get Bon Jovi. You get Richie Sambor. Discount. <laughs> bon what was Jovi. his? What was his name? He's like the Mick. The Mick got your tape from unknown sources. Like obviously it was Kevin. The Mick. Yeah, like the obviously. Mick. <laughs> oh my god. Why did they allow him to act? Why did they allow anybody to act in this? Anybody that came on screen, you're just like, how? <laughs> she was good. Abby was decent. Oh, uh, she was okay, yeah. But that's because she was barely in the movie. Yeah. She had like four scenes. Yeah. And she looked different in each one. <laughs> yeah. Was <laughs> She was like a day player. She <laughs> She was originally only supposed to be in one scene because this is actually supposed to be a movie about Kevin finding himself. <gasps> and coming out, please. Yeah. yeah. Yes. So she was only supposed to be in the one scene where she like becomes the she's the Yoda with the paper airplane. But <laughs> sorry. Okay. Seven years later, Kevin is getting love advice on the on the L. From a strange little boy who looks just like little boy Lin-Manuel Miranda. Yes! That's who I thought it was! <laughs> I'm like, Lin-Manuel Miranda? You are not like two years old in, in 2001 eating McDonald's. McDonald's somehow has a connection with Jive Records. I yeah, feel like yeah. <laughs> McDonald's sponsoring NSYNC. <laughs> oh my oh, god. This is what happens when product placement is your main goal. Oh god, yeah. It's it's reverse Josie and the Pussycats. <laughs> yes. <laughs> this You know what? What? <laughs> Was Josie and the Pussycats making fun of this movie? Because in like the they're making fun of InSync in the movie. They are. And there's product placement in every shot of Josie and the Pussycats. I feel like Josie and the Pussycats was making fun of this movie. But didn't it come out the same year? I don't know. Maybe they just caught on. They knew. Well, I think Josie and the Pussycats was just making fun of the boy band industry in general. Yeah, it was 2001 as well. Oh, okay. What a good movie. (laughs) Okay, so baby Lin-Manuel Miranda says something to Lance. Something about taking risks. The whole thing, okay, he's got one plot point through the whole movie, and it's to learn to take risks. crickets (laughs) like within the random sound effects that were added in that advertising scene oh my god yes he works at an ad agency like they all fucking do in rom-coms if they're not copy editors this was this was the biggest part of the movie that sam didn't like he's like these people have never been in an advertising room this does not happen it was like okay so my mom's a nurse, right? It was like watching ER with my mm. mother. Oh, was God. like watching these advertising scenes with Sam. Dude, Jerry Stiller was in this movie. <laughs> and he fucking acted like he just read his lines right before they rolled <laughs> camera. 
He fucking did. He was just like, what's my line? Okay. (laughs) He was also a day player. Oh, God. He didn't even try. And he was still better than everybody else. I mean, would you try? Why was he even in it? Why? Because it's about Chicago. He does love Chicago. He loves his cubbies. Okay. Yeah. Dave Foley was in this movie. (laughs) He was terrible. He was fucking awful, too. Oh, my God. He. (laughs) And that poor wheatgrass. Like, all of the. Okay. This was another (laughs) thing. So, he clips the wheatgrass, puts it into the blender with nothing in there. And then, all of a sudden, there's a smoothie. There was no ice. There was no liquid. Nothing. He just uh-huh. put the wheatgrass in there, pressed blend, and suddenly the wheatgrass turned into a smoothie. Okay. Yes. So from the Dave- three clippings, <laughs> I have Dave Foley. problems. Dave Foley is is Lance Kevin's boss, and they're doing a a tween footwear campaign for Reebok for girls for girl tweens, you know, in sync fans. <laughs> His coworker. <laughs> It's Who Sheila. Had, it's Sheila from the Brothers. Remember, we love Sheila. Oh my God, her name's Jackie in this, and she's so fucking underutilized, and she's lit terribly, and her makeup's terrible, and they put her in bad hair and, and makeup and clothes, everything. I'm sorry, we loved you. They just did such poor. They just they did bits. They did bad things. Her her makeup was terrible. Her hair was... Ter- it was just like the makeup department didn't know what to do with her because she was African-American. The lighting people were all lighting for very pale, white-ass Lance Bath. Bass. Mm-hmm. She just... She didn't pop. She just... She looked blurry at mm-hmm. some points. She just didn't look good. When you're looking at it and then you compare it to like her scenes and her vivaciousness in The Brothers... And how mm-hmm. good she was in the brothers. It's like white people suck. And this happens till today. You can yeah. see this in movies that white cinematographers not lighting black people properly or any people of color properly because yeah. they're taught to light to white skin. Yeah. I didn't recognize her to begin with. No, she looked at like it wasn't until she started talking. Yeah, I was like, she seems familiar. That's what I got it. And then I looked it up. I'm like, oh, it's Sheila. Sheila's the best. Tamala Jones. Tamala Jones. Tamala, you are fantastic. What are you doing now? Because you're so cute. She was in Castle. She was Lainey in Castle. Oh, my God. She was Lainey in Castle. I love Lainey in Castle. Oh, my God. I understand everything now. Yes. She was so good in Castle. She was the only good character in Castle. She's fantastic. I'm sorry you were in this movie. Like, everybody who shows up, I'm like, I'm sorry you were in this movie. <laughs> I love her so much. Okay. Okay. Um, She hates Kevin for some reason. Okay. I mean, I hated Kevin, too. I understood. <laughs> like, at this point, I was just like, Kevin, why? Kevin's on the L, and he's singing to himself. Al Green. Very embarrassing. Why are you singing on the L when everybody Terrible else is acting. quiet? Terrible acting. Terrible acting. When a singer can't even, like, pretend to sing. Yeah. Oh, my God. It was terrible. Okay, so, you know, this does happen. This does happen on the subway. I've seen it happen. Like, where you just, you get into it, and you start singing, and you're dancing, and then, you know, like, people see you. It's fine. I've seen it happen. 
it's adorable in some aspects. This was terrible because he like got out of his seat. Like mm. I understand if you're sitting there and you're jiving with it and you're getting really into it and you start singing in your seat. But mm. why would you stand up? With your eyes closed. You forgot where you were. <laughs> but why? Kevin, why? Kevin, why? So this is where he meets the girl. He meets Abby. She studies archaeology. She loves the cubs. She likes to make paper airplanes. That's all we know about her. Yep. Oh, and she likes Al Green. And she likes Al Green because that's what he was singing. She is like the worst version of a manic pixie dream girl. They get off of Adams and Wabash. Because it's the only stop that they could afford. And she makes a paper airplane to fly off the the, the over connector. I wrote down, they can name all the presidents and I hate them. <laughs> like at this point, I'm like, I fucking hate you guys. It was like so point. Like, okay, so they start and they named all of them. And it took like at least a minute. And I'm like, why are they naming all the presidents? And they never explain why. They just can. Yep. It like, was a, they were doing their quirky party tricks. Congratulations on memorizing your lines. Good job, guys. Because they did do it all in one take. That is somewhat impressive. But at the same time, like, fuck you. He doesn't make a move, but neither does she. But at this point, she is in a relationship. But no one knows that. No one knows that. But that's why. And the, so at this point, I'm like. It looks like she's expecting him to make the move, but then he's just like, well, okay. And then she's like, okay, bye. <laughs> See you later. You can name the presidents, but y'all suck. Yeah, they shot in this, like, it was supposed to look like a bar in Chicago, like Martyrs or something, but it looked like a Bennigan's. I was like, did you just shoot in a Bennigan's? <laughs> I'm like, what the fuck? It doesn't it doesn't look like a Chicago bar at no, all. No, it looks like a restaurant. Yeah. With a stage? Oh. They don't have those booths. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. No. These tables. How, there's no room in a Chicago bar for anything. Yeah. All the tables get shoved into the back. Mm-hmm. And then everybody's booths. standing. Who has booths? What are these booths? Booths. <laughs> yeah, so Kevin's still hanging out with his old bandmates. They're kind of his roommates. There's too many of them. There's five of them. There's Joey and Eric and this other guy. It was like it was all supposed to be all of the NSYNC guys. But then, then Joey and, uh, and Lance were the only ones that would commit. <laughs> oh my god, you're right. <laughs> Kevin, you should have never quit the band. We could have had something. So Joey became like the lead singer. Yeah. Still pretending to hold a guitar. Although this scene was weird. So they're trying to have this conversation. Kevin and, and uh, the other guys are trying to have this conversation. And, um, where Kevin's telling them about what just happened where he yeah, didn't get the girl's number. Yeah. And Joey's on stage singing Pour Some Sugar on Me. And they cut, intercut it. So it's like we're having the conversation and then we go back to pour some sugar on me and then we go back to the conversation and then we go back to pour some sugar on me. It's just but so weird. Joey starts singing a song about Kevin choking. <laughs> yeah, but he does that after they ha like he comes back to the table. Yeah. So he goes back and starts singing. It's like, dude, what? Okay, the edit, that was just terrible. One, editing. Like you get into the scene with the, the, the band and then you go on to the story information like the pour some sugar on me has no reason to be there or be intercut with it except for that it's funny because 
Joey Fatone has taken a sugar shaker from a <laughs> diner so and so is gross. pouring it into his mouth, which Ew. was not needed at all, except for that it was funny. But that, and like, gross. that's it. Yeah, it was just not needed. Like, it was like it was trying to amp up the quirkiness, but it didn't know what type of quirky it wanted to be again. Mm. And it just was terribly edited. I'm sorry. I I normally don't call out like the editing like that but that was that was really bad like that was just a bad choice i just keep blaming jive records for okay it's all jive records fault that's that's right so eric gq is is dogging on kevin be like you gotta find this girl find her find Find her Girl. girl okay so this girl abby she doesn't live in chicago where does she live we don't know we don't know, but she just, that was a weekend she spent with her boyfriend of three years, and she's totally not feeling him anymore. She's expositing to her roommate. <laughs> Who we never see again. Right. Who is also a day player. <laughs> <laughs> Who also, I think, had some shitty ADR replaced. Yeah. And she's just like, but I met this great guy on the train. Yeah, I didn't get his number. <laughs> <laughs> and that's it. That's it. That's all the scene is. And then we cut to, is it the scene with the television? Maybe. I My next thing is at work, the Reebok pitch. I may have skipped some things. Well, all I remember is is we get an introduction of um, the evil guy who I f- refuse to remember his name. Oh, that's, that's, that's after. Okay. Okay, that's after. Okay, never mind. Yeah. So this Reebok pitch is going bad. And, okay, so I skipped maybe some things. Jackie steals his idea. They have this terrible idea. And then she comes in with Kevin's idea with all these, like, posters made up. With magazine cutouts that look like a serial killer's note. (laughs) (laughs) And and Kevin doesn't say anything. And he's like, why didn't I say anything? Because I'm afraid to take a chance. And then we have a very weird... (gasps) <gasps> fantasy sequence with the copy machine he's dancing he's dancing yeah. in the copy room making yeah. the posters the looking for abby posters it was weird on the line yeah the, the song or it might have been a, there were a couple in sync songs that weren't like real in sync songs i enjoyed those <laughs> this one was bad <laughs> then we meet Bradley, Brady, sorry, Brady. <laughs> Brady, evil paper guy. Who? Brady. He's like a villain in um, what's the fucking? He doesn't Austin powers. He doesn't act anymore. So at least there's that. The actor chose to stop acting. Okay, good. At, at least according to his IMDb page. So either that or he changed his name, which is probably for the best. Oh, good. <laughs> so we learned that. Kevin stole his girl in high school, except not really. <laughs> the first shot that we see him in, this is like, this is how bad I, like how bored I was with this movie. It's the first shot that we see him in, he's playing in Game Boy and there's no game in the Game Boy. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Like, no, the technology in this movie is so terrible. Like, it's just, uh, there's no game in the Game Boy. <laughs> So his his boss wants him to cover the story because the boss saw the ad on the street, you know, are you this girl I met on the train who can recite all the presidents? Blah, blah, blah. And then he leaves his real phone number. 
yep. And uh, the boss is like, Brady, you cover this. And he's like, oh, no, not Kevin Gibbons, not that guy. We have a history. <laughs> like, he stole my girl. And then he tells the story about how the girl was like, I'm going with Kevin to the prom. <laughs> and then the boss is like, uh, so he didn't really steal your girl. <laughs> he's like, Why does he care. have a job? He literally has the line, it's payback time. And then nothing happens. Yeah, the line is payback time. Who wrote this? Nothing happens except for he loses his girlfriend to Joey Fatone. Yep. Which, valid. Valid. Big step up. <laughs> After he kicks her in the face. Yeah, even... That's how bad this guy Bradley was. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Brady. God, that's how bad Brady was. Joey fucking kicks a girl in the face and still wins her. Fucking no, Brad. No one wants to be with him. Because he's a fucking Brad. He's a fucking Brad. <laughs> okay. So Kevin goes home. He answers the phone and he hears, Kevin, it's me from the train. And it's a mysterious fake woman. Yeah. Who likes it's crystals. A, yeah. She's not it's fake. Is she just, she's a fake Abby. Did they shoot this in Clark's or a Clark's lookalike? That wasn't Clark's. Okay, I thought it was Clark's for half a minute because I had those things. Yeah, it wasn't. I, I was, I looked because I was super, because he said the diner and I was mm-hmm. super excited because I thought it was going to be Clark's, but it wasn't Clark's. <sighs> when we shoot our movie in Chicago. <laughs> it's closed. Uh, can we, can we, but if it takes place in like 2004, we can, you know, get a set and reopen it and dress it as we remember. I'm I'm crying inside. I'm so sad that Clark's is closed. Oh my god! So Abby meets her boyfriend for dinner, and he's like classic one note poser, cold boyfriend who's like on his cell phone, being like, "Uh huh, uh huh. I'll be with you in a minute. Uh huh. Oh yeah. Stocks and trades. Ah, which would work in New York, but it doesn't really work in Chicago." Well, he's from, like, Schaumburg or some shit. I don't know. Or, like, he needs to be doing advertising. But Kevin's doing advertising. Well, then they can compete. I don't know. That's, like, the big thing in Chicago. But we're already supposed to be like, this guy sucks. Kevin's way better. Except for Kevin sucks, too. Why does Kevin suck? Because he's boring. Because he's boring. Because he wears green that goes terrible with his skin tone. He does a lot of things like that, yeah. And, like, he drops things and then acts like he rips his pants. And, like, (laughs) he has a barbecue on a baseball field and at second base. And I didn't like it. And he doesn't contribute anything. That's the problem. But he likes the Cubs, so he's an all right guy. (laughs) I'm from St. Louis. I grew up being taught to hate the Cubs. So you don't. Well, at this time period, young me was like, Sammy Sosa sucks. Mark McGuire's awesome. Pa! Mark McGuire's awesome. Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> this Poor is when they baby were. baby Ashley. <laughs> this is when they were competing, the home run record. Right. And me from Boston being like, no, Mark, I see you. <laughs> <laughs> I can't I- believe they got Sammy Sosa in this movie. <laughs> okay. 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 So he meets the crazy girl. So it's a bad idea putting your number out there, Kevin. Word to the wise. So at home, the roommates are watching TRL. 
because of course <laughs> gotta have that TRL tie-in because how meta is that <laughs> they couldn't even get Carson Daly you know <laughs> but, but you know what fucking Josie and the Pussycats had TRL and they got, got Carson, Carson Daly. Daly yeah see how Josie and the Pussycats way better movie <laughs> Josie was really making fun of this movie like, yes. they they saw from afar mm-hmm. that this it was is, coming. Yeah, because somebody at the studio was reading the scripts, and they were just like, fuck this. <laughs> well, this is a... So, this was a script. I'd, I read this online, because mm-hmm. I was like, how did this movie get made? And so, on Wikipedia, it says that this script was one that somebody had optioned. And it was an R movie, and it had a whole bunch of other stuff in it. Um, it was more along the lines of while you were sleeping. Okay. And so they bought it. Uh, when they optioned it, they were like, well, we also want to make a movie with NSYNC in it because it's NSYNC and they're so popular right now. We need to bank in on this. So mm-hmm. then somebody bought the rights to it, had it completely rewritten so that it would be a PG-13 movie. Well, then whoever like the studio took over i think it was probably jive records was like no we need the teeny boppers so we couldn't even do pg-13 they did pg that's where the adr comes and that's in. where the adr comes in yeah mm, wow man <laughs> post-production hell <laughs> yes that's why there were so many assistant editors probably uh okay so this is where we see the mick richie sambora <laughs> who i don't who- understand do you know Joey's character's name? No. It's Rod. Why is his name Rod? And we only learn that at the very end of the movie. But I thought you should know now that his name is fucking Rod. <laughs> anyway, Rod loves the Mick. Okay. And the Mick loves Rod. Rod. <laughs> Rod. He loves Bring the Rod. The Rod. The Rod. <laughs> Brady calls because he wants to interview kevin and his roommates pressure him into doing that so that gets all printed up and the office ladies gossip but reebok now likes him they hated him before because he was quiet but now they like him because of his passion which uh, as sam told me that's not how advertising works (laughs) maybe in chicago (laughs) (laughs) okay maybe they go to a Cubs game, and the only thing notable about the Cubs game is this nuts joke. <laughs> and Sammy Sosa, for random reasons. Sammy Sosa, uh, I don't know, hits a ball. Somebody, and then the he ball goes He hits a foul flying. ball. Hits a foul ball. The ball goes flying. Hits Eric in the nuts. And, like, Joey, the line cuts off. He's like, oh, man, you just got hit in the... And then it cuts to a close-up of a, a, a bowl of cashew nuts. And then... What's her face? The girlfriend going nuts, <laughs> like <laughs> offering nuts to Brady at the the newspaper. That's the only. I don't remember anything else that happened in that scene. <laughs> I don't either. <laughs> Except they were probably like, "You gotta find this girl." That's what every scene yeah. was. Well, find and this girl. well, and there was the joke that with the bullpen that that was the third time that Sammy Sosa had hit a foul ball into Eric's balls. Oh. Uh. It's a foul ball. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I have written down awful montage in sync music, which I can't even remember. This is he's meeting women. I can't, I don't have a visual for this this anymore. Yeah, this is right before 
Eric asks him if they can get yeah. in on the action. So he goes yeah. through a dating montage and he's like hopeful that it's going to be the girl. And then he's like, nope, on all of them. Mm-hmm. And then there's barbecue ball. And I hate that. <laughs> the guys want Chicago winds would murder those people. You do not disrespect the diamond. The guys want to help Kevin with the girls. He's not into it yet, but they're like, we can help you with all these women all calling up. Yeah. There's an Al Green concert, and Kevin and Eric are there, but so is Abby, but not her boyfriend, because well, he's he was a su- loser. He was supposed to- Yeah, he got the tickets, and was supposed to show up, and then he like had to work. So he yeah. chose work over going to a concert with his girlfriend, which is like, dude, that's just mean. Mm-hmm. And- you got to have a work-life balance, bro. Yeah, so this is a near miss. Yeah. Kevin dreams about Abby on the train, and then the roommates start setting up the elaborate scheduling for Kevin's dates. They're very organized. For sleazy dudes, yeah. Brady is awful, and I hate him. That's a note I have. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, this is when... He's like, there's got to be, like, some secret plot behind yeah. this thing. Kevin's not that great. Like, meh. And his girlfriend was like, what's your problem with Kevin? He's a sweet guy. And Brady goes, love and romance don't exist. <laughs> um, Why don't you go see for yourself? Yeah, that's a side plot point. Plot, yeah. Okay, I don't so- know. Abby finally reads a newspaper. Because she's in Chicago now. Yeah. She's moved there by herself to Lakeview. Holla! (laughs) We were uptown. But we were next to Lakeview. (laughs) Yeah, we were next to Lakeview, but we were uptown. You were uptown. We lived on the same street. (laughs) We lived on the same street. We were both in uptown. So Abby calls the number looking to reach Kevin, but she gets Eric, who's like, yo, baby girl, what's up? When we we hooking up. (laughs) I got you. Like, why? Cafe love. Mm. So then there's the montage that Sam really liked where the men prepare for their dates. Oh, and Joey Fatone sprays cologne on his balls. Yep. Apparently that really does hurt, according to Sam. Oh, okay, Samuel. The dates are awful because, you know, you get the stereotypical, like, this woman's really messed up or this woman's really strong or i don't know this woman's crazy (laughs) i liked the woman that like body checked or body flipped joey fatone that was amazing was that china was that a cameo from china i think so (laughs) everybody was in this movie (laughs) because everybody thought it was going to be great because nsync was in it yes everybody was riding that nsync train and oof they should have been in the movie with good cameos, Josie and the Pussycats. Yes. <laughs> Which was if, rated PG-13. <laughs> if you haven't noticed, what we are saying is don't watch this movie. Watch Josie and the Pussycats. <laughs> it's so good. We are, we are no longer being subtle about that. <laughs> As we suddenly start like, okay. And then Josie gets in a fight. <laughs> with her bandmates. Yeah, it's all terrible. We because she, because she wants the the materialism, she wants the fame. She's brainwashed. She's brainwashed, and she wants <laughs> it. And so the band quits 
and leaves mm-hmm. and says, Josie, you can be all on yourself. Yeah. But then she sees the bus pass and she remembers where she came from. <laughs> and we cry. Yeah. It's not okay. just, it's ugly. It's weeping. Yes. Okay. So Abby goes to the restaurant and she sees Eric and he's a creep. And he's like, yo, what's up? I'm Kevin. And she goes, no, you're not. And he doesn't like really click that. Oh, this is actually the girl. He's just like, no, nah, not girl. I'm not him. You're not her. Let's just kick it. You know, it doesn't click until like way after. After she leaves. Yeah. He's like, oh, oh, no. I'm screwing over my friend Kevin. Why didn't they like think about that? Like, dudes, they thought think. that since she didn't show up right away. Like when Kevin was doing the dates, that she was never going to show up. Well, maybe she didn't see the shit. I know. She didn't. They're I, not smart. I, obviously. <laughs> so mad. So Brady sends his girlfriend to scoop the friends, goes to Joey, gets all the the dating, all the guys, the roommates, the dating thing. So he prints the article, train man scam. <laughs> Comes out in the paper. Kevin gets fired from his advertising thing. Yeah, Reebok doesn't want him anymore. You're a cheat. You're a snake. We don't mm-hmm. like you. Reebok doesn't want to be associated with you. Yeah. So the boys are all talking about their dates. And then Joey gets really serious for a moment. And he's like, guys, guys, I did something. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, God. <laughs> well, because we've already seen... The girlfriend, and she's, like, in crutches and a neck brace. So he he recounts that he broke her nose and ankle because he was showing her the guitar skills because she was really into him, you know? And so he's trying to show off, but he does this thing where he kicks the amp, but instead of kicking the amp, he kicks her in the face (laughs) and somehow breaks her ankle in the Because she flips over the bed backwards. I don't know how. Yeah. So then Eric's like, uh, so what do we do if the actual girl shows up? And then the bros are like, well, we got to tell Kevin right away. He's like, but do we really? (laughs) (laughs) He is into trying to get some pussy. Yeah, they're just wrong levels. Yeah. Wrongness. Yes. Um, I'm surprised he hadn't gotten shot in this whole plight because he was nasty Mm-hmm. <laughs> or stabbed. I would have stabbed him or maced him. Kevin sees Abby on the other side of the L and she ignores him until she gets on the train. And he can't get on it. And she shows him the newspaper as he's riding away and he hadn't seen it. And which so, I like, don't know how because all of these bad th- like. Yeah. Everyone was reading the paper and was angry at him. They were like, Kevin, you're an awful person. He's like, I don't know what happened. Everybody thinks I'm awful. Reebok hates me. (laughs) I must suck. Like, it was just like all this self, like, internalization without any type of exploration. That was, he was so boring. (laughs) (laughs) He wasn't in half the movie anyway. (laughs) It's terrible. He tells Eric. Oh man, I ran into I, I ran into the girl and something happened. And then Eric has to say, "Uh, I did a thing." <laughs> and 
And then Kevin fucking socks someone right in the face. Yeah. I don't remember this. They're playing baseball. Oh, oh, right, 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 right. Now I remember. First he throws the ball at him, and then, like, after he tells the truth, he punches him right in the eye, and then he's got a bruise later on. Yeah, Black now eye. I remember, yeah. Okay, so then there's this um passionate scene between Joey and Lance. <laughs> Real heartfelt bro moment. Yeah, there was. They're, they're at the that bar. I have. Oh, yeah. This was after he was singing some other rock song. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He apologizes to Kevin, but the damage is already done. And he's like, Joey, Joey's like, Kevin, you just, you want something so bad it hurts. And I admire your passion. You know what? I wrote an original song. <laughs> you inspired me. Kevin inspires a lot of people. This is like in um, Kissing Jessica Stein with What's-His-Face getting inspired by the painting. Yeah, it's like, okay, cool. Thanks, bro. And then he sings it. Doesn't he sing it? He sings the song, and then there's a sad montage to go along with it. <laughs> and then there's... I don't remember what happens. It's the... He has a plan. Yeah. Him and the roommates. Anytime I talk about, like, the bros, the roommates, this is all without Kevin. The yeah. The roommates... We gotta make things right for Kevin. We gotta do this. We gotta make it up to our bro. They so they... Can. Go uh-huh. to the one stop that they can afford in the CTA mm-hmm. and start saying, have you seen this girl and have a hand-drawn <laughs> picture? <Or> like, <laughs> It's like Scott Pilgrim bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, no? Have you seen this girl? Have you seen this girl? I'm like, that is a doodle, sir. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that is not a real person. <laughs> have you sought out psychiatric help? <laughs> Well, and then they get on the the train mm-hmm. that is clearly marked out of service. Yes, <laughs> I saw that too. I was like, "What? That train's going nowhere, bro!" Well, it's like this is clearly the train that they are allowed to shoot on, and mm-hmm. they couldn't afford, or they they forgot to change it to a stop. So instead, well, all, they just no. put it out of service. They put it out of service, so because. They didn't put up signs or anything. Oh, yeah. Because they obviously didn't close down the stop. So other people were still probably using it. And the other trains on the other side. Like, they were all running on the other side. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yes. They get on the train. And then Eric makes this impassioned speech on the train about being in love. But yet still no one can help them. Like, like they. and so at the end, like, this is the most frustrating thing that I was telling Sam. I was like. They still haven't, they don't, they have not found her, but yet they're celebrating as if they have done something successful. Like, as if they have completed something, and they get a standing ovation as if they have done something. Good thing Abby was on the train. Oh my god, that was like, that's what Sam's defense was. He's like, but she was on the train, so they did do something. And I'm like, but they didn't know that, so why are they celebrating? How? How they get on that train, the same train she is, the same car she's in. Serendipity. Serendipity. Oh, Nathan had a heart attack. Nathan's Jerry Stiller's character. Oh, yeah, I forgot character. about him. <laughs> <laughs> we all forgot about him, and then he had a heart attack. They were like, where did this guy go? I'm like, I don't know. Where does anybody go in this movie? They're just there for a day. <laughs> <laughs> and then we go to a hospital that's not really a hospital. It's just like, a, it looks like this the... It looks like the set that they used for Charmed for the house. 
It does not look like a hospital. Yeah. Okay. So he goes to get sage advice from Nathan. Kevin does. He gets a baseball. And says, you got to go for the extra innings. When when everything's been, when you're in the bottom of the ninth and everything is looking horrible, you still have to try and get those extra innings. Here's a baseball. Here's the baseball <laughs> that I have when I when I met my wife. Like, what? Yep. It re- okay, you know what it reminds me of? What? Do you remember the scene in Return to Me <laughs> where David Duchovny goes and talks to the, the old guys? Yeah, okay. And and gets, like, advice from her, her grandpa or her dad or whoever that was. Mm-hmm. That's what this scene reminds me of, where it's like, what does this mean? Oh, my God. Now I'm just thinking Return to Me is a better movie than this one. It How is. How is that possible? Because it is. Jackie comes back to tell Kevin about all of her successes and then apologizes and puts him on the Reebok account, and they make up. Yes, that's why. that's that's it. She doesn't yep. hate him anymore. Yep, for reasons unknown. She's just like, I'm sorry, I stole your idea and was super successful off of it. Here's my guilt. <laughs> <laughs> Which honestly would not happen. No, it would be the other way around. Yeah, yeah. It was like they had a script and they were like, we don't have any more female characters in this movie. We should diversify. Here, how about a black woman steals an idea from a white dude and gets a promotion? Um, no. Mm. See, what they should have done was Brady. Brady should have been Jackie's character and that would have set him up to be more of a villain. Hmm. And Sheila could have gone on and done something better. Yes. Okay, so this is where Kevin gets the idea to buy several expensive billboards. <laughs> Which were all VFXed in. Yes. They're billboards all around Chicago that say, train guy, I'm, I'm the train guy, I'm sorry. That said L girl, which I L found girl. slightly offensive. Meet me at our stop 7 o'clock on Friday or whatever. So then all the press and people show up to see if she shows up. It's a never-been-kissed moment. Chicago had a very uh, slow news day. Yeah, no murders? What? Yeah. No corrupt politicians? The Mick shows up at the bar with the bros, and he says he loves Joey's original song. And then Julie, Brady's girlfriend who got kicked in the face, broken ankle girl, Shows up and she says she's really into Joey. And then he sings his horrible song. (laughs) (laughs) Poor Joey. It was so bad. It was really bad. And then, so we're still at the train stop and she still hasn't shown up. And everybody. It's past seven. It's past seven. She's not there. So everybody starts to leave. And And then. Kevin, Kevin sticks it out. Sticks it out to the extra innings. Mm-hmm. And he knocks it out of the park. Because he gets a paper airplane, flies to him, and it says, look up! <laughs> <laughs> Startling. <laughs> and it's her. And then all the news 
newspaper, the news reporters were like, oh, she's here, run, go get her. Yeah, like, except oh, for they had no idea what she looked like and they had no idea what they were looking for, but they realized that it was her at the exact same moment as Kevin. And that yeah. bothered me. I was like, Kevin knows her. You guys don't. What are you doing? And then they kiss in front of everybody and she's wearing a fucking like 2001 jean skirt. <laughs> With a star belt. A star belt. Mandy Moore was wearing a jean skirt in the in the music video too. <laughs> I didn't watch the music video. I watched some of it and then I skipped it because <laughs> I was like, "That's enough." <laughs> I had had enough after the after the credits behind the scenes bullshit with. Yes, that's the next part. The it cuts to behind the scenes of on the line with the music video. This is okay. So this is how you know that they didn't have enough story. To fill in like an entire hour and a half movie is they have a music video at the end that goes with the credits, not like after before the credits, but concurrently with the credits. And then they do some quirky like either gag reel or they do what they did here, Mm. which was, hey, look, NSYNC loves this movie. Be in it too. Or we were. This is how it was. They're such divas. Uh, yeah, we have Justin Timberlake and Chris Kirkpatrick as gay hairdressers, very flamboyant hairdressers. Okay. (laughs) That's how I'm going to put it. And yes, Chris was dressed as a leather daddy himself. (laughs) I loved his like his his hand thing. Yeah. Like his. (laughs) It was so cool. It was a studded bracelet, but he wore it as like one of those like. Like Victorian era, like goes around your goes around your the middle finger and then goes up to your wrist. It was so cool. But seriously, is it just me or could Chris Kirkpatrick like act the best out of all? Oh no, he was the best because he was just natural. He was like a normal person. Yes, I was like that's when I was like Chris is the best actor out of all of them, but JC's the best for not showing up at all. Yes, and then Al and then Al Green dance party with the cast and they have. Fucking GQ rapping with Al Green. Every once in a while, they cut to to Lance and and Emmanuel kissing. Yeah, it was random. That's the movie. That's the movie. It was terrible. Yeah, I was really excited to watch it, and now I'm like, would I watch it again? I don't know. Maybe like if I had friends over and we were drinking, and I was like, guys. This Guys. is a movie. A you real life movie. What they did. <laughs> <laughs> and then you're like, how? How? Well, so here's the funny thing about this movie. This is not anywhere streaming. There is like a bootleg copy of it on YouTube, which I was going to watch because me and Ju- since I'm sick, I didn't want to get Justine sick again. Mm-hmm. So we did this all apart. So fun story. When I got angry at the YouTube stream, I went on Amazon Prime and I bought the DVD and got one day shipping. I think this is the only time that this movie has received one day shipping from Amazon. <laughs> but I was going to give it away if I hated it. But apparently my hus- this is my husband's new favorite movie in the world. Mm. Mm-hmm. So we have to keep it, apparently. Yeah. Yeah. Let's do How's My Marketing. You have the DVD case with you. Yeah, one second. Yes, I'm looking at the front and back of it on my screen right now. There are two things I like to note 
on the very top that you can see clearly a killer soundtrack with new songs from NSYNC and Britney Spears. Was there a Britney Spears song in this? Yes, but like I said, not one of like that you would actually know. Oh, okay. <laughs> Nothing you have to pay for. <laughs> Something quickly written by Richard Marks and then she comes in and records it. From Billboard magazine. That's what that tagline is from. Mm-hmm. Lance Bass, Joey Fatone on the line. He's risking it all for love at first sight. She doesn't even get her name put on this. Mm-mm. What and a then, dick move. On the back, do you see this? Combines Ever After with Never Been Kissed. The Indianapolis star was drunk. Combines Ever After with Never Been Kissed. No. This no. is my... No. No. What does this movie combine? It was acid like somebody... And Ellis, acid and, and cocaine. <laughs> Somebody watched half of While You Were Sleeping. <laughs> this is like an, a, an, an acid fever dream. <laughs> That's what this is. And they were previously in the room when Josie and the Pussycats was pitched. Yeah, yeah. This is a cocaine-fueled acid trip mm-hmm. fever dream. Previously being pitched Josie and the Pussycats while listening to an NSYNC CD. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Somebody spent money on this. <laughs> you did. <laughs> technically, it was on Sam's card. So technically, he did. But <laughs> somebody spent money to make this. <laughs> I'm done. This movie is stupid (laughs) oh wait but wait there's more because the inside oh god what's on the inside what's on the inside it's literally a poster for your locker omg are you gonna hang that up (laughs) no i am not and then there's a chapter list i wish that i had this months ago so i could get lance to sign it do you think he would have? I think he would have. I do. Okay, I'm done looking at this. Okay, good. Let's rate this movie. Um, I'm going to rate this movie one Chicago theater. Just one. Because there only is one. Oh, beautiful. Just one. Mostly because of Chicago. A li- like a fourth of that star can go to Joey Fatone. <laughs> yeah. I rate this movie... One nut joke, because that was all that was allowed in the PG <laughs> version of the movie. Fan-fucking-tastic. <laughs> oh, wait. Should we call Sam and ask him what his rating is? Okay. Is he going to come in? I'm going to get him. <laughs> I like the long sigh that he had. Classic Sam. <sighs> oh, he's here. Ooh, that was fast. <laughs> smiling. Okay, so this is my husband, Sam, and he loved this movie. Like, loved it. I, I don't think I can even, like, describe the visceral feeling that I had when <laughs> he watched this movie with me. So, I would say this is, like, a four out of five. Wow! If you look at it in the, the, the terms of it's so ridiculous and so bad that it's good. Uh huh. 
Cause yeah, it's, I was I was struggling on that line. I was like, is this bad or is this so bad it's good? Yeah, I think it's so bad it's good because it, it is a really good portrayal of like the early 2000s. Like the stupid, dorky, comic, like sound effects. <laughs> just, it it was just funny. Plus it's sync, so. Yeah. There you okay. go. <laughs> Thank you, Sam. What? What's your rating? I said four out of five. Four out of five posters. Aww. <laughs> All right, I'm done. Okay. <laughs> Thank you, Sam. Well, this was fun. <laughs> I keep saying that. Oh, this was fun. Well, if you'd like to um, join us for more fun, become a patron. You get to hear the episodes early. You get additional podcasts. You get additional videos. You get goodies. And you support us monetarily, which is fan-fucking-tastic, because we love doing this. And, you know, we want to keep doing this, and we can't do it without your help. So thank you so much to everybody who is currently supporting us on Patreon. We love you. Loves you hearts and songs. Yes. Um, so you can find us at patreon.com slash cutawayspodcast. Our website is thecutaways.com, and you can find us on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram as at Cutaways Podcast. Make sure you look on all three because I tend to make things different for all three accounts. She plays it loose and fast. Yeah. Whatever I feel like, I'm like, is this a is this a Twitter kind of thing or is this like a Instagram story? Oh. <laughs> Please leave us comments and rate us and subscribe to us on Apple Podcast Stitcher or your favorite podcatcher. Thank you so much for everybody who has left us reviews so far. We love that you are digging the show. And I know you're listening to whatever episodes you want to listen to. But we still do them. We still we do them. We're on a mission. We're on our mission. Thank you, uh, Lady Pod Squad, for being there for us. That's all we got for now. Yes. Thank you for for joining us in the blanket for it. Jinx, jinx, you owe me a Uh, Coke. Now I can't say bye. Yeah, you can. I I unrelease your jinx. Okay, thank you. Bye. Bye. Hello, this is Margot D of the Not Fade Away podcast. This is the show that talks about folks from the music world who are no longer with us. We're talking about singers, musicians, songwriters, composers. If they made a mark on the world of music, we will talk about them. Past and future episodes include Jim Morrison, Aaliyah, John Belushi, Kurt Cobain, Tupac, and Jerry Garcia. You can find us wherever you get your podcasts under the name Not Fade Away Podcast and follow us on all of our social media channels as well under Not Fade Away Podcast. And if you have any comments or suggestions for future episodes, send an email to notfadeawaypodcast at gmail.com. Hope you check us out. Thanks so much.